0: Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic movie review podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zerl. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick. And we may have a special guest later on. Technical difficulties, yeah, assuming those don't happen. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I lost my normal intro. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, everyone'sacriticpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, my handles: Critics CriticsPod. Uh, subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers. Ready to be the show. We will read your review on the air. Let us know where you left us so we can go find it, especially if you're in another country. And uh, you'll get a Blu-ray.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm actually getting something very special this time. Because the next person who gives us a five-star review on on their podcast app and tells us about it, uh, I was going to get a 4K plus Blu-ray copy of I Spit on Your Grave.
0: Yeah. And along with that now, I, Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't love that movie, so maybe for some people that's not a prize, but <laughs> for some, for someone out there, at least having it in your collection is like something that you can just talk about as a conversation piece.
0: And we did that on Patreon and I thought it was actually one of we a, did. A, a very good episode. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I think we all kind of came away with a greater appreciation of that movie and lesser appreciation of the the one that came (laughs) afterwards. Uh, Anyway, but if you want to be part of our Patreon group, go to patreon.com slash criticspod. It's the best way to help support the podcast. The Nirvana podcast is out there where we go track by track through Nevermind, uh, which was a lot of fun. And it's very real it's not critical i mean it was more like an honest our honest reaction to the song and our honest opinions as opposed to we didn't like think it through and write down notes and anything like that we just went through the track by track and just kind of let you know where we were when we heard them and where we are now and it, i don't know it was kind of neat more less polished than this podcast if, if you can <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think that's a good thing. I think we I think so. Better. I, I meant that as a good thing. I enjoyed the conversation and coming up in November will be Metallica, the black album. We're gonna go over that one as well. That's already recorded in the bag as well. And if you want our podcast merch, head over to hate critics and click on the podcast merch link, T public in the right hand corner, or you can go to T public com and search for critics pod. Get yourself. Some.
1: We're at the official Willem Defoe uh Willem Defoe fan club, but we could be.
0: If you which is weird, you'd think it'd be Nick Cage at this point.
1: <laughs> We've not done a
0: Nick Cage shirt. Oh my god, we gotta do something with American Beauty and Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I
1: mean, oh, it's gotta have testicle
0: bombs. <laughs> that's not a good thing. Nowhere near as fun as I thought testicle bombs would be.
1: Uh yeah, that's true. But uh we'll have, to, have to get to something. work though on on uh on testicle bombs. But
0: I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna see him in roses. I, I think he needs to be the Kevin Spacey <laughs> character, not the Mina Savari character. <laughs> I mean it'd be funny in roses, I guess, but it's also that's that's been done to death.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I don't know. We got. We got to figure something. Maybe out. Maybe him so kissing
1: Chris finished. Cooper, Nicholas Cage kissing Chris Cooper.
0: I'm all for that. I just trying to. Is there like I don't know. I'm sure Jeff can come up with something good. Yeah, he's been shitting all over Rob Zombie lately on social media. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you and Jeff
1: aren't friends right now.
0: Uh, it's <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but no, I I'm not. Look, I like double. That's rejected. that's
1: about. Uh, that's about him casting his wife and everything is that right
0: yeah which why would you not
1: cast your wife i I don't care
0: right (laughs) enjoy what you're doing that's what i say anyway let's get on to our podcast we do have a guest joining us so let's try to get uh the other movies out of the way before he gets here for dune uh and let's start with jason biggs and the subject
1: The subject star is Jason Biggs, best known for American Pie, uh, and the story of a documentarian, an award-winning documentarian with a deep, dark secret related to the fate of the young man who was the subject of his award-winning and very successful documentary. Uh, This young man was somebody who wanted to join a gang. He ended up being killed uh, by the very people who were uh, those gang members who were supposed to be welcoming him. And. There's, a se- there's an even bigger secret at play here, for at least for the documentarian, one that uh, somebody wants to get to. Uh, somebody is filming him and his uh, girlfriend and him and his assistant. And the situation there is very fraught because him and his assistant may be getting into a thing. Um, and so there's a lot going on here. This is a very complicated movie. Anjanew Ellis plays the mother of the young boy who was killed. And, oh boy, she is amazing. She's just incredible. And this movie is so daring in the final act. Uh, the, the director, uh Zapoy, makes this decision to, to just boil it down to these two characters in one spot for the entirety of the third act. And it's just a, a conversation an argument that turns violent, turns brutal. It's two people who are going for the jugular on one another. Uh, and, and it's, it's shocking. It's exciting it's like few movies would a uh, few. I mean, few people, few documentary, few directors take this kind of risk in giving your entire third act over to one thing in one spot <laughs> to build to your ending. And I loved that. I loved the choice. I bought in on this big time, uh, Jason Biggs, even with him being more of a, a seemingly comedic actor, he really, uh, it actually plays in his favor because you're kind of underestimating him throughout. And, and in the end, that kind of underestimating him uh, really kind of pays off in him holding his own a little bit, especially against a powerhouse like Angelou Ellis, who's really uh, coming for him. Really seems to have everything on her side. Um, it's it's really an impressive movie, and I I really I really enjoyed this a lot.
0: Well, that's frustrating because I turned it off. <laughs> I found it borderline unwatchable. <laughs> I didn't get to the third act though. Uh, wow, I thought the chemistry between him and everybody was off. <laughs> I, I don't think him and his <laughs> wife were very good because I don't think him and his assistant were very good together. Uh, I did get so to this the was part, a problem with him or, well, no, I, I thought the chemistry all or, I mean, he's the common denominator, I guess, but uh, I, I actually thought they were actually pretty bad. Now, Anjanu Ellis, I did see that when her first scene in the movie where she, uh, pretends to be oprah or pretends to be calling from oprah and then shows up right. at his house yeah. that was good uh but again that was at that point i was just like this is just clunky and bad and uh so i turned it off but huh. uh, but i don't i have no comment on the third act because i didn't see the third act <laughs> so it is possible that could have won me back over it sounds interesting i mean it's a neat premise i just thought the movie was a little clunky for me but again i didn't get to where it got daring yet i mean it's a daring idea i guess and it's a i like the idea and i like the question you know where what is too far you know how do you live with yourself by exploiting other people and there's a lot going on there right uh, and i i like all of that i just thought the movie itself was but
1: did you clunky. find out what his actual secret was no oh so, well.
0: i didn't finish the movie <laughs>
1: because <laughs> there's another great scene between him and the kid that's also uh yeah that's really well, cause it's, it's a flashback uh, within the thing and no, yeah. no, i
0: was that where he was saying uh the kid wanted to be a documentarian yeah yeah i thought that was a great scene i i that was like the one i, I guess it was getting better now that you know, especially if you say <laughs> the third act was the third that act is awesome yeah uh, that was an interesting scene but even then it was just kind of I don't know. It was interesting. I don't know if it was great, uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm now I'm curious. So I may go back and finish it to see what oh, that third act was all about. Uh, but
1: it's, a, it's just this tremendous two actors just going back and forth at each other's throats. And uh, you know, the, it, it's filled with uh, a good deal of tension because of the, because she kind of puts a clock on what's happening in a way that's uh, very interesting and uh, yeah, I, yeah i really i dug it i did i thought this was a terrific movie
0: awesome well that's good to hear i'm glad to know that <laughs> it got better <laughs> uh it is available now if you want to rent it though on all your itunes apple pot or amazon anywhere you can rent movies uh the united states of insanity
1: Yes, and this is actually debuting uh, as a Fathom event tonight, as we speak ac- around the country. It's a an examination of the careers of the Insane Clown Posse, and also the the legal wrangling that surrounds the Insane Clown Posse when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the Juggalos and the Juggalos being treated as a street gang, which uh, their fans, the Juggalos, are technically, according to the FBI, considered a street gang, which is a strange designation. But this movie is very fair about examining that idea because uh, there are people who have gone ahead and used the Juggalo label uh, while committing crimes, uh, and and you could say that under the under the strict definition put forward by the FBI of a gang being three or more people or one or th- one to three more one to three people engaging in a criminal action together under a banner, I guess is how they kind of define it. I guess you could stretch that to its most literal point perspective to call juggalos a gang because because groups of people have called themselves juggalos and have committed crimes. It's a bit of a stretch, but I liked how the movie was fair in examining that idea. Uh, They talk about what a gang is and what, you know, how you define it. uh, That at the same time, it does come back around and kind of demonstrates how silly that is because juggalos are just fans of a rap group that happens to have, you know, horror core lyrics. I mean, Really, the music of ICP is built upon hardcore horror movie violence. It's borderline comical, just how violent it becomes. This would be like considering you know people who wear hockey masks on Halloween a gang, <laughs> because this is a horror movie in song form. And and so they, they do also make the point that I mean you want to tech, you want to get real technical about the FBI definition of gangs. I'm in a gang right now because I'm wearing Cubs jersey. And there's like three or four or more of me doing it. And if any one of us commits a crime, I guess you could technically say we're a gang. You're
0: the, ba- you're the baseball furies.
1: <laughs> By the strictest definition of what the FBI calls a gang. right? Uh, so this movie is about that, about the very, and it has some real world consequences. They talked to a guy who was a huge juggalo, big juggalo. He raised his kids as ICP fans, like very, And he's raising two kids, and he's got a third child. And this third child was taken from him early on uh, by by the mother. The mother then gave the child up and didn't want him, and he wanted him. He was like, okay, well, she doesn't want to raise my kid. I want to raise him. They came and they did a look around his house, and they looked at his ICP room, and they saw that he had juggalo tattoos, and they decided that he couldn't have his kid because he was a juggalo. And because jugglos are technically considered by the FBI a gang.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because I don't like them, <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> I, you got to kind of appreciate the, the loyalty they've, the loyalty that they made a community out of. It's more of a community than a gang. Uh, they
1: call themselves a family.
0: Right. And it's neat. They have a big festival every year the gathering of the juggalos and that again something i'd never ever go to but they're able to pull that off that's pretty impressive yeah uh, and i i don't i don't know do they go into because i think one of them has like is in heart failure now or is some heart disease or something like that do they go into that at all
1: i don't think they go into it very deeply i think they might have touched upon it but they didn't say much about it
0: i mean it's fairly new i think they're doing one last tour or something like that but and the more I see them as they've gotten older, uh, their interviews, are i they're way more coherent and uh, just grown up, I guess, compared to they've what they were. They've been forced to
1: kind up. of grow up in, in a way by by this whole legal thing. Yeah. They, did you know there are juggalo lawyers, like people who are lawyers who are also juggalos? I'm
0: not surprised.
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, they actually hired. A couple of them, and then they got the ACLU involved, and they're still fighting this. But you know, they've demonstrated pretty strong real world effects of this. Like Juggalos, you've know, got this little hatchet man uh, symbol that they use. And if you have that on your car, you're more likely to be pulled over by the cops. And they've proven that that's true. Cops do look for that as a gang symbol. But it's also a thing where this seems to happen to people who are poor, and poor people who, of course, are the main kind of fans of ICP. Uh, it, it just that correlation between the FBI going after poor people just seems to kind of come together there a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like, why can't they go after Star Wars fans? Why do they have to <laughs> go after <laughs> clowns? Hey, <no. laughs>
1: I mean, you put enough people in Darth Vader masks and one of them commits a crime, technically they're a gang.
0: <laughs> Josh just walked into some ICP
1: talk. <laughs> hi josh
2: greetings everyone can you hear me all right yeah i can hear you is is it a good connection
0: though uh you're a little muffled but i can i mean you're you can understand what you're saying
2: yeah okay that's you're good fine. Uh, i have my bluetooth headphones on so that i can hear you guys better but all right i'm on hello hi. gentlemen
0: Hey, so are you a fan of ICP?
2: (laughs) No.
1: You know what ICP means. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, ICP is our insane clown. Yeah, There you go. go. There's a whole thing about it, like a documentary, right?
1: Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Okay. We're (laughs) fine. No, no, no. No, (laughs) no, no. no, no.
0: We're finishing up on it. Uh, I do want to recommend a YouTube video of, uh, I think if you just search ICP and Limp Biscuit.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord.
0: I should stop there, and that's enough for you to
1: <laughs> be that's, curious. Yeah. They touch on that in it the documentary. Really oh, they too, do, about the brief, do? Briefly. The briefly. Dro- the dropkick? The failed dropkick. Oh,
0: that's amazing.
1: <laughs> you tried yeah. to dropkick Fred Durst. And Josh, missed. is
2: that a good ICP fan? <laughs> 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 well, I mean, everybody should drop kick to Fred Dyrus. <laughs> <laughs> t-
0: I will tell you what, though. I don't know if you've seen Fred Durst lately. He's got this song called Dad Vibes, Limp Biscuit does. It is the best dad song ever. Like it's, I love <laughs> listening to it when I pick my daughter up from her boyfriend's house or her friend's house. It's the most <laughs> embarrassing thing ever purpose like they're they're finally understanding there i mean i highly recommend listening to it. it's hilarious uh and they're in on the joke finally so anyway enough limp biscuit enough icp uh we are right where we need to be with josh calls in right as we're going to talk about dune the new movie on hbo max
1: dune stars timothy chalamet as uh, the prince in a family of uh, royalty that operates uh, their own planet and now they're get to get to operate another more profitable planet that, that has spice uh I, oscar isaac plays his father rebecca ferguson is his mother uh jason momoa is his faithful protector as is josh brolin uh zendaya shows up eventually i sound like i'm being being funny about this i really like this movie uh, this is actually really good. Directed by, of course, uh, Denis Villeneuve, who is uh, an absolute genius. Who somehow takes a movie that that uh, you know, is going to end in a way that leads to a second movie, and it doesn't feel like it. It feels like he's told an entire story in this first chapter, and he's ended it in a way that's that feels just right. Like the pacing of this is so perfect. Uh, I really love the look of the movie. I love the action of the movie. Timothy Chalamet. Uh, really delivers on this role. You kind of think he's going to be too slight. You kind of think that that uh, that uh, slight less than masculine frame of his is going to hold him back. But he really develops. He he grows up as the movie goes along. And I was really impressed with the way they they built his character uh, to the point to where he gets. I I really loved everything about this. I like the mysticism of it. I like the action Uh, I understood it all, which is a big step forward from the original, which was kind of much more silly, um, and and convoluted. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm all for this movie.
0: Do you want to go, Josh?
2: (laughs) Oh, why don't you go ahead?
0: All right, uh, I like it in the way that I like, like Lord of the Rings. Like it's, I uh oh no no it's nothing bad it's you got an amazing filmmaker making a story I don't care about <laughs> uh you know if, if us put the Star Wars movies and the Lord of the Rings and the in dune I mean I'll definitely think dune and Lord of the Rings are far superior to Star Wars you have better filmmaker involved and I think dune's better than Lord of the Rings but I just don't like it's too it's just not for me <laughs> it's like I don't I could follow it. It's really well made. It looks great. Everything about it's perfect. It's just long, and about subject matter, I could care less about. <laughs> so, uh, but it's good. Everything about it's perfect, just like you know the Lord of the Rings movies. So I can't I have nothing bad to say about it. I just,
2: I don't know. <laughs> But I do have a question for both of you, at least to start out with. Uh, how did you? the movie. Because I think that's an important aspect of it. I
1: saw it on HBO Max and on the IMAX.
0: I I saw it on the IMAX.
2: Okay, and I also saw it on IMAX. So at least we all have a similar perspective on it. Um, The last Villeneuve movie that I saw in IMAX was um, Blade Runner 2049. And I remember sharing with it back sharing with you guys back in 2017 how the speakers are what seems to be coming off of the wall for that movie. Uh, another Hans Zimmer type of score, um, just like this movie, I wanted to be blown away by visual and audio stimuli whilst being immersed in, uh, a lore or a mythology that I actually know very little about. I saw the original game uh, many, many years ago and remember very little, uh, and people have tried to turn me on to whatever sci-fi put out 20 years ago, and I just I don't have any interest in that at all. Uh, but what I asked of the film, it accomplished. Uh, so much so that I kind of drifted to sleep at one point for I know at least a minute. <laughs> it's because my senses were just blown out of the back of my head. Uh, th- there are some uh, sumptuous, images and sounds and battles and scenes in this movie that are exactly what I was hoping for and really I kind of dare I say I needed them I needed to see science fiction in the theater again in the way that I saw it, is sitting in the second row of an IMAX theater <laughs> um, it, it, to me it's, it's the maximum way to experience this movie and all of this stuff I'm, Bob I might be with you uh, in saying that I don't care uh, because it's yet another mythology that I would have to take on. And I've heard all of the, the stories of how the first book is really the good one, but there's like, you know, 75 other books or whatever there is. Uh, there's a lot there, and it could tune me out. Maybe the book would tune me, get me tuned out. I don't know. But this movie, in the subtle way that it tells a really simple uh very very tried and true story of you know it's basically just every other science fiction story but in its own particular way um i've read this week how george lucas took a lot of the frank herbert book and injected it into star wars well of course you can see that everywhere in this movie but everything seemed to be just about right here um I'm highly impressed by this one, and I, I was so excited to hear today that number two got Dreamless.
0: That's, that's good to hear. I mean, I'll it I'll, I'll it's pure perfection. I just don't care. That's the <laughs> I'm not. I've never been a science fiction guy though, so that plays part of the role. That said, I think I would take this over Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. I mean, obviously. I would use this to fight any Star Wars fans <laughs> because I would, cause clearly Lucas stole from this story so much. So, uh,
1: and he, he stole from Joe Dorowski, but we'll get to that.
0: <laughs> he did that too. But I mean, clearly with all the worlds and it's, uh, from this science fiction story the, from Herbert, was it Frank Herbert that wrote yeah, it? Yeah. Is. Yeah. He stole from that as well, but you're the, The best thing that ever happened to Jodorowsky was not making that movie. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, beautiful movie. Sounds great. Everything about it, the performances, everything was perfect. Uh, I love Denis Villeneuve, and I just... Part of me worries that he's going to be just a better Christopher Nolan as opposed to a guy that does a wide variety of things. If he just keeps going on the sci-fi... Well, Good for him uh, He's great at it But I want to see him do everything I want more enemies <laughs> You know And I'll, I'll, I'll take a rival. That's still sci-fi But I, I, there's still some great storytelling in here This is more impressive than Just that it's This probably isn't an easy movie to make And you found a way to One, break it up Into the story into two movies And make it seamless And two, make it watchable And Uh not confusing with as yeah. much as you know. Even watching the documentary, I, I was worried I'd have a hard time following along, but I didn't at all.
1: It, so. It's incredible, yeah. The way he breaks it down, so simply, and he makes it flow so beautifully. The, the, the one scene to the next is just—it's uh, just so well put together. The editing is seamless. The 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 changes of scenery are seamless, and you can follow all of it. And we, the characters are well written they're not uh, you know they're not laying everything out for you in dialogue they're they're letting you immerse yourself with within this within this material and not stopping every five minutes to introduce each other you, know, you don't hear oscar isaac have to introduce himself to his own son or anything like that you know that happens so often in so many other movies like this uh, i i appreciated that uh, i just appreciated so much of this i like I like Jason Momoa's performance here. I, I knew every beat of what was going to happen, but yet it's Jason Momoa. I thought maybe he could kill an entire <laughs> room of bad guys <laughs> for like two hours, and I was okay watching it. <laughs> One thing. Uh, Re- Go ahead. Rebecca Ferguson, though, for me, it, that is the best, most complexly written role. And to give that to her and to have her stand out and miss this cast that is mostly male. Uh, she gets the you know the biggest beats and she gets the biggest you know, amount of backstory and she does incredible amounts with it to the point where at times you're not sure what she, what she's all about <laughs> she's she's kind of mysterious but then she's also very she's also very loyal to her son I, I really enjoyed that i i oscar isaac is just oscar isaac i mean the guy can do anything and just look you know, regal and royal and and dignified, and and still, and like exciting. uh Josh groland I mean, he's growing into becoming the best actor at being grizzled of any actor in the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing I thought was really neat about it was it seems like he learned from Blade Runner and that as great as Blade Runner was, it definitely was made for like the diehard fans and it wasn't made for a mass audience. Uh, This is, it's a way more watchable movie for your average movie viewer. I would say, Uh, I don't wrong; I love Blade Runner, but I mean, my biggest complaint was he made a high budget flop, even though it was great. (laughs) And (laughs) this is way more. it, It seemed like he was aware of that. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe i just adding that, bringing it to this, but this seemed like way more watchable for uh, an average movie fan who could get into something like
2: this. You know, one of the things that I read this week um, talked about Villeneuve as somebody who's a humorless director. <laughs> and I've heard this kind of phrase thrown about um, before by oh, the proprietor of the either website originally um, saying that certain films were just too dark. Or humorless in general, and I, I want to think about that. Do you guys find that this is a humorless, joyless film at all?
1: I didn't. Because no. I did not.
2: No, it, I, it's, it's too think, vibrant, it's too right. full of like promise and hope, and uh, and, and villainous versus hero. It, there's a lot of color in this movie. There's a lot of subtle humor. In fact, uh, I think amongst all of the characters. It, it was unfortunate to read something like that when, when a director like Villanov who's making serious things, and to me, grounded characters, uh, when they say that that's humorless, it, it really rubs me the wrong way. Um, how can I possibly look at Enemy and think that there wasn't humor in that movie? Is it darkly funny? Sure, but it's, it's funny still. In certain yeah. moments. it's not the kind of uh, gag humor that we see in a lot of buffa.
1: I think I think where that comes from, and I I this is I, I think this is the fact of a, of a European director working in what we what we all just sort of assume is an American idiom. And when you when you don't understand the American way of speaking, and you push your characters to to be more serious or to be somewhat more European uh, in approach, that's where humorlessness comes in. And it really is kind of a misinterpretation of humorlessness.
0: Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I think it's when you make a movie as ballsy as enemy, you're going to divide that audience instantly. And so you're going to go to words like humorless or something like that. When you're on the other side of it, you're going you need to find that insult. Uh, even a rival for that matter has, uh, has a ballsy element to it that will divide audiences. I don't think your average sci-fi fans is going to watch your rival and be like, this is amazing. It's more for a movie buff. Uh, And then Blade Runner is just a full-on love letter to that fandom, which is small (laughs) compared to the massive (laughs) world. Uh, So he's got three movies right there that aren't uh, easily accessible to the average just viewer, you know.
1: Right. And if you're going to call something humorless, prisoners would be humorless. I'll give you prisoners. Maybe Sicario. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I guess Sicario. Yeah, it, it has.
2: It's a whole piece that's just moody. The whole thing is just mood and dread, and and fit into this idea of a of a military type of film. Uh, but to me, it wasn't. It it's still gorgeous. I don't know. When I think of humorless, I'm thinking lack of of anything vibrant, be it. Uh, Picture, sound, dialogue, um, anything void of of joy. And and in Dune, all I felt was joy the entire time. Like, oh, this is like maximum filmmaking effort here. You know, filmmaking 101 for Blockbuster. And and you know what? It's doing really well, too, um, at least in terms of expectations and over And I couldn't help but thinking the entire time that I was watching it, Gosh, I hope this is uh, successful so that Bob doesn't get mad at Bill Nothing.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I'm just uh, I'm I am glad it is successful because he's one of my favorite directors. Uh, and I, I will see the sequel. I Like, when I say I, I don't care about it, I mean it in that I'm not going to go back a lot. This isn't going to be a rewatch movie that I make routine like I do arrival you know I, I love watching that movie uh blade runner even I, I this one is just more it's it's a world i'm not as into and i spent the whole week trying to get into it uh and this is no
1: one can question your effort
0: <laughs> to the point where i pushed back the classic we've been wanting to do for a long time uh because i wanted to get all the dune stuff in i I think this movie is pure perfection, and I am so happy he he nailed it. Uh, but I, you know, back to the humorless thing, it's just like think of all the like me and Terrence Malick or Josh and a couple. You know, some of the actors he doesn't like. He don't you don't like it, it, when they rub you a wrong way. It's hard to you automatically have a stigma on that person, and it's hard to be won over. And I, I this Denis Villeneuve definitely has that. That's how good he is, and I think that's a good. Any great director has divides an audiences. You know that's why Spielberg is just kind of. You know, he, he's he's great for the mass audience, but he's not. You know, he's you too, as Josh as Sean would say.
1: He's Garth Brooks, right? <laughs>
0: and there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Nothing wrong with that. Um, Sells a lot of tickets,
0: right? But this is. I don't know. I I'm just impressed. I, uh, I'm impressed with the movie as a whole uh, and I I would love to see it surpass Star Wars I know it never will because uh, I think it's far superior and I, I think it's better than Lord of the Rings too. and but it reminds me of Lord of the Rings and that it has uh, it has a history it's, it has a source material and you're bringing in a class A director to come in and and try their hand at the world and he knocked it out of the park.
1: It's big and it's risky, and you know, you've got multiple characters here who are above the title who are not, <laughs> not really in the movie. And I didn't, I wasn't like kind of, I, I was kind of okay with that because it kind of let me know like there's another one of these because you know that you're not, you they didn't cast Javier Bardem's and Daya and and uh, Dave Bautista to not use them, so right. those guys are going to be. You know, this guy's going to be a big part of that second movie.
2: Yeah, they both have action figures, so totally, they're going to be <laughs> in the next one. Have, so they
0: just now greenlit it, so we're going to have to wait another five years to see it.
1: 2023. Really? That's, I guess this yeah, has been out already for right a while. It. It, it has,
2: and, and uh, Jason Momoa has been quoted as saying that there is a much longer cut of this particular movie if they want to release far. it. But. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but what I'm thinking of is whatever um, they need to do for this sequel here, Villanova said it's ready to go. So uh, they're, they're invested in this world already. They probably have a bunch of footage already shot for the first part of the film. Uh, it's nice that we won't have to wait quite that long.
0: That's very cool. Uh,
2: if you don't mind, I'd like to add just one more thing to this to this, uh retrospect here and the sand itself um the colors of sand and the the arid nature of it and the the lack of life associated with that has always made me kind of like uh get really uh bored of it before i even get into it even with star wars taking place in a lot of sand uh type settings i've always been kind of bored with it and in this movie, somehow, he makes sand sexy. And, and what I mean by that is uh, the spice is kind of like embers flowing throughout the air, right? There's that part of it. Then the sand uh, trembles in, in something I haven't seen before. When they get the big sand worms going through and you can see the vibrations in the sand. Uh, and it moves also when people are being uh, engulfed by it. It reminds me of the same kind of fear I had as a kid of quicksand. Uh, and so all of a sudden, Zone adds this dynamic to something that has been so drab for so long in movies. And I just couldn't help but note that um, if somebody can make something so simple, so unique as a character of its own, then it's just something to celebrate. That's all that I have.
1: I do wonder if it's if it's also like technology kind of catching up to it as well—the technology of cinematography and the you know the technology involved in capturing something like that the way they did and some you know experimentation because I mean there's a lot of movies have featured sand over the years and you're right it's never looked quite this beautiful aside from I guess people I guess people would argue that uh, that uh, that Peter O'Toole movie had great sand. I suppose. But it was really the beauty of the
2: actors playing Arabs, you know, that really <laughs> set it off to me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I did find those scenes with the, the butthole worms. Uh, the way they moved. <laughs> the...
2: <I hear> <laughs> Fuck you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Watch it again. <laughs> uh, but no, you're, you're 100% right. The way they. I mean. It, it, it's a way it's kind of a new way of doing quicksand in, in a lot of respects and it was very effective and very uh intense and uh, i just made for some great action i thought
1: it do- it also does take advantage of the, of men's fear of the of the butthole <laughs> yes i was
2: scared <laughs> I'm 42. It's going to get scarier from here on out.
0: Yeah, I haven't had that done yet. <laughs> I keep trying. Best he,
2: wishes, sir. Best wishes. I keep,
0: I keep trying to get him to do it, and he's like, not yet. going to wait a couple more years. I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> never had anybody eager for this before. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, anything else on Dune? I mean, I obviously have a lot of other Dune things to cover.
1: Yeah. I I love it. I, I love it. I can't wait for the next one.
2: Uh, so far, I, I'd call this um, my, my favorite movie of the year. Uh, and then again, it's, it's not saying a whole lot from my perspective. I've basically just seen the, the blockbusters that have come out in the theaters. haven't seen uh, much of anything Streaming wise, etc., and been rewatching a whole lot of other things. Um, this is definitely my favorite film experience of 2021 thus far. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing another Sand movie. It, it sounds awesome.
0: I do got a question for you, Josh. Uh, will this crack your top 100? Because this movie seems more up your alley than anybody, else, any of ours. And it's, I mean, we all like it, but
2: like. What I what I can comment on it's not in my top one hundred, right? So I'm not as deep into this particular mythology. But you know, I saw Fellowship of the Ring in two thousand one, and then all of a sudden, uh, the world was all things Lord of the Rings to me for a short period of time. Uh, with this one, I'm I'm excited enough about it that I've looked up the past projects to see who played what in what. Um, And what's coming, uh, I didn't look at that so that I could be excited by the news. But uh, I'm considering reading additional books, but also I like cinematic experiences a bit more than books. So uh, I'm interested enough that it's got me thinking about it three days out now. Uh, I can see this becoming a thing for me because I'm already that interested in it. I just don't think that it would ever rival Star Wars.
1: The bigger question, though, Josh, and the one I think that will define what, what Bob is getting at will you buy Dune toys?
2: <laughs> Listen, just because I was checking them out today online doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean I purchased any of them. However, uh, McFarlane Toys did make uh, Baron Harkonnen. And if, if you feel like checking it out at some point, not, not that you're into looking at toys, but it's such a well done figure. Uh, it's so gross and and weird looking. Um, toys don't usually look that cool. But am I going to collect any of them? Nah, I don't have enough room.
1: <laughs> I, I I joke about that, but if if I actually had money, I would buy a lot of these things. So I, I it's gla- it's a glass house. It's a totally a glass house. Ah.
2: <laughs> I would let you know when Target has them on clearance because they started- <laughs> Months and months and months.
0: He'll <laughs> be stuck with a Josh Brolin character and that's it.
2: <laughs> oh, see, Josh Brolin's character does not have a figure yet. There's only four of them. There, there's uh, Lady Jessica, and then Paul, and then Javier Bardem's character somehow, um, and then uh, Duncan Idaho, Jason Momoa. Then there's the Darren Harkin and Deluxe figure, which is like twice as big. And then if you get those other four figures, you can build the Dave Batista figure. Ooh. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like Thundercats or whatever, or
2: <laughs> you're thinking maybe a Voltron. Uh, I, mean, you, you I don't know; they're all those the same. Four figures has a, a piece with it, and if you get all of them, you can build Dave Bautista. Oh. Or you just go so ahead, withhold
1: target. your excitement, Dave? Bob is already trying to push this information out of his brain so he doesn't retain it. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm just waiting for like eight years from now when Josh's like, let's watch the four-hour version of this. Uh,
2: if my time isn't already taken up by watching four-hour-long cuts of Dances with Wolves and Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, anything else before we move on to Jodorowsky's Dune?
1: Thank you, Josh.
0: And you're more than no, welcome I to hang out as long as you want, Josh. Yeah. I guess uh, it's up to you. Whenever you want to jump well, off, I jump do. Off.
2: I really appreciate you guys having me on, especially because I really wanted to know your thoughts about it. Um, it, it kind of enraptured me. Um, I'm going to back out now so that I can uh, make really poor dinners for my child and wife. So have a good evening, gentlemen.
0: <laughs> you too. Right. Thanks for coming on, Josh. Use plenty
1: of spice. Plenty yeah. of spice. <laughs> i like it bye.
0: all right bye all right that was fun
2: yeah
1: uh and Always i think it's great to hear from josh
0: yeah and i i just I, I telling you right now five years from now this is in this <laughs> top 10
1: uh
0: kodorowsky's dune uh,
1: yeah, you know, we wanted to to just go as deep on Dune as possible. There's a lot of Dune out there. We weren't going to go to TV or nothing. We're not crazy. But uh, this one's been out there for a while. It's, I think 2013 was the one they made this. And I've wanted to see it since then. And i just never had the opportunity or the good reason to. And then you know, with Dune coming up, we, we kind of thought about it and then put it off because Dune kept getting put off. And now here we are. We finally are. This uh, mythical uh, movie that people have talked about, film lovers have talked about for years, that uh, Jodorowsky, uh, the legendary director Alejandro Jodorowski was going to make Dune, and uh, he had everything he needed except for just that last couple of million dollars to actually do it.
0: <laughs> the last couple of million dollars.
1: <laughs> uh, and you know he had everything he wanted. He had a full storyboard. He had a full crew on board. He had everything. Uh, And then it just never happened. And it became this sort of mythic thing like, uh, well, Jodorowsky was going to do this amazing Dune. And would it have been amazing? And we'll never know because it never got made. But it's uh, it's fascinating to think about. This documentary is really interesting, Uh, whether you believe Jodorowsky or not, uh, it could have pulled pulled this off and made it good. Is certainly a question he, ha- he had a lot of big ideas though and he's a guy who's always had a lot of big ideas El topo has a lot of really big ideas <laughs> it's a wild goddamn movie uh, I don't I don't like it but <laughs> certainly it's big it's loud it's out there
0: you know when I saw that uh, my big thing was it wasn't big and wild I don't I was expecting it to be even more out there now the other movie which I hadn't seen was the Holy Mountain or whatever that looks. <laughs>
1: Be way out there well, that needs to be a classic all
0: right but with Joe dorowski's dune uh i you got you and josh had me interested in this when we started bringing it up on the podcast years ago and i definitely liked the documentary quite a bit and i didn't know who he was and then i'm like oh this is the el topo guy uh which i don't know it is really fascinating how what you know, it's always that argument about letting an artist be an artist, but it also costs millions of dollars to be an artist. So, right. where is the response? Where does this responsibility begin and end? And uh, you know, he had he just brought on everybody who went on to become somebody. You know, he had some carpenters guys. He had a oh, what's the dude's name from Alien? Tiger. Uh, yeah, uh, they had him. They, I mean, everything. All everybody in this movie went on to be. A-list, or at least their movies they were involved in were A-list, and you can see all of the influence that the idea that this, what this wanted to be, became, I mean, Star Wars is all over this movie, Aliens is all over this movie, Alien is all over this movie, every sci-fi movie from the 80s is all over this movie.
1: These great clips to show you, like, hey, here's exactly where they stole this from, and I mean Lynch's dude uh, stole from this movie uh, very, very blatantly without without even you know not very well, but they did steal you know the, a lot of the imagery that Jodorowsky came up with that they stuck into that uh, movie. Uh,
0: but his take is, on the Lynch movie was amazing, and very, very funny. And I, I've always, I know there was rumor that Lynch was going to do Return of the Jedi. And he just, if you have a studio involved, you're going to get whatever Dune was in 1984, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. But I love that he hated the movie. He thought it was hilarious. It was bad. And then he didn't blame David Lynch because he knew the studio got involved. And I think he knew the person who produced it, who also kicked him off of it. Yeah. Uh, uh so de he, yeah so he knew this was a piece <laughs> of shit uh but I just the whole thing was fascinating and it's I I just I don't I, know how you live up to what he wanted to do
1: it's so exciting because he he was doing a thing that I've always wanted to do <laughs> and I I did this as a kid like in every movie I made where I would come up with the soundtrack the movie, as I was making the movie in my oh, head, yes. and he had this idea to have like each of the planets represented in Dune be, be represented by a particular band. Like Pink Floyd was going to be on the side of the good guys, and this, like, what was it, it French metal band was gonna be, <laughs> uh, I think it was yeah. Molten uh, yeah. is gonna yeah. be like the, the voice of the big, ba- the Harkonnens. And I thought that is such a cool idea, I love that.
0: <laughs> and they were all gonna do it. Uh, Orson Wells was going to be in it at one point I mean, Yeah
1: man as Baron Harkin did, No less And yeah, <laughs> the outfit I just could not even imagine What he would have looked like in the outfit That Jodorowsky created But Like uh, I just so wanted to see that
0: I do but How do you not get Marlon Brando and Alan Doc Moreau you know <laughs> cause He didn't want to be in the movie the only reason he was going to do it Is because they were going to feed him <laughs> and from a <his> favorite restaurant.
1: <laughs> then Salvador Dali was going to be in the movie, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is
1: a weird, weird, there's this whole weird, like almost derailing the entire documentary just to, to talk about trying to get Salvador Dali to play a character. But really isn't all thats entirely. Like, literally, like, Villeneuve's dude doesn't even use that guy. <laughs> like, he's there, he's mentioned, but he, he's like talked about. Other people talk for him. You don't even see him. The character that, that uh, Dolly would have played in this version of Dude,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I but I still go back to you know you talk about everybody who stole from us, but the people who were creating it also went on to take the their creation here and put it elsewhere. Specifically, uh, oh my god, I keep forgot his name again. The dude from Alien, H. Geiger, R. Geiger, H.R. Geiger. Uh, he, I mean, flat out just the alien <laughs> <In this> movie. <laughs> Right, Uh, And I I think that's really cool But I think it did more By doing Going the way that it went By touching all these different movies Rather than being in one I don't know that this Part of me wonders Would it have been Star Wars before Star Wars And maybe uh, But it might have been too complicated Star Wars Part of why Star Wars works so much Is because of how simple it is
1: yeah. And I mean, the thing about the, the thing about the idea that that Jodarowski was going to make anything that would be remotely mainstream, uh, I just don't see it. <laughs> I, I see him making a, a version of Dune that like 10 people are going to watch and enjoy. <laughs> I, for, imagine imagine Dune from the guy who did El Topo and you're just kind of like, put those two things together for a moment and think about how that's probably not going to be a mainstream movie <laughs> And it would need to be at the price he was asking for.
0: But it's fucking weird because they go and get the guy who did Eraserhead in Elephant Man or whatever. I don't even know if yeah. he'd done that one yet. Uh, yeah, I think he had.
1: Uh, Eraserhead was 80, I thought.
0: Yeah, Eraserhead was definitely already done. After this. No, this is 84, was the one when Lynch did. So, yeah. Uh,. But, I mean, why then do you want to get another weird guy to make Dune and you just get you mean you want to go there?
1: <laughs> I guess, yeah, like, we don't have much of a choice.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what the fuck this is. I mean, it. I, it's, we we've kind of backed off the ninety one movies lately for no real reason other than we just didn't watch them.
1: They're just really bad right now, yeah, we'll get there at the end of the year. I sh- we'll go back to it, but right now the ninety one movies are just they're so bad and so completely forgotten that it's hard to talk about them. Highlander the Quickening was a highlight of this weekend. Well, i't that tells you anything.
0: I thought <laughs> Nicole Kibbett's full frontal and Billy Back <laughs> was the highlight
1: Fair enough, fair enough
0: looking into a mirror with the camera from behind her, so you got the front and the back.
1: <laughs> <It's> just like
0: <laughs> gratuitous as gratuitous gets.
1: So and creepy.
0: Yeah. It's creepy now, but when I was 16, it was awesome.
1: What is, look at this poster. What is that on the front of Kyle McLaughlin's pants? <laughs> is that a testicle bomb? <laughs> oh my God. It looks like Nic- Nicolas
0: Cage's costume and. In- that movie we watched prisoners of the <laughs> dead or whatever
1: <laughs> prisoners of the ghostly it doesn't matter uh, oh my god but, yeah i
0: mean <sighs> what i in one of my biggest complaints about a lot of movies that come out in 91 more goodfellas exists and, and sounds of the lambs exist why does backdraft exist and <laughs> this the star wars movies exist and, and it <laughs> drives me not and i don't even like them right uh, But this is just so amateur compared to that. And part of me is like, I mean, I can kind of see the Lynch thing, but not enough of it other than the cast.
1: Other than like Baron Harkonnen, really. I mean, that's really the only place where he gets to be David Lynch is creating that character's disgusting aesthetic.
0: (laughs) But even that compared to (laughs) what Villanova does, Uh, I don't know. I just... It's, it's unwatchable. It's boring. It, it's, it's confusing.
1: It's got me having nightmares about what could happen in the second. Do now I don't. I trust Villeneuve enough to not be too worried about it. Yeah, but the idea of Timothy Chalamet riding a sandworm has me like, no, th- please don't do that.
0: <laughs> Whatever he does is gonna. Because I know I believe that in the from the little research I have done. At one point, he controls the, the butthole worms. So, uh, I'm sure he'll do something, but vanilla villain will do, he'll make it good. I'm, I'm 100%. I I, I,
1: I do hope so. I I have have high hopes for that, but it looks really goofy here. (laughs) It looks really lame. (laughs) Kyle McLaughlin riding a a sandworm looks really, really, really lame in this movie.
0: I mean, this looks like if the sci fi channel existed in the early 80s. it doesn't look like a movie it looks like a tv show that i don't know it's just bad
1: and, and yeah you know, i can you can definitely see where Dorowski, you know viewed this and saw you know a real piece of shit but not a movie that is david lynch's fault uh you can see where every aspect of this was was seen over by by de Laurentiis and the you know the things that he wanted in there and and Lynch just kind of maybe doing a few of his things on on the margins and just and eventually he just like just I'll just finish the fucking thing and just get out of here I got better things to do well
0: and he hadn't quite gotten the total freedom to do whatever he wanted yet he had you know Fincher had the same thing with Alien 3 and every artistic director runs into this at some point not everyone yeah. but a lot of them do Villeneuve has been very fortunate that he's gotten pretty much full creative control of what he does uh, but I don't know. I, I just I can't believe I finished this. Couldn't finish the subject. <laughs> Part of why I probably couldn't finish the subject is because of this.
1: You were uh, exhausted from, from this movie. This just, this is
0: awful. I mean, it doesn't this get much like, worse than this.
1: It feels like it's four hours long, and it's uh-huh. not. I don't know how long it is, but it, it feels four hours it long while over. you're watching
0: it. It's over two.
1: It feels unending. Is what it feels like because none of these characters are interesting. Kyle MacLachlan is so boring. And I, I love Kyle MacLachlan. He's he's, a, he's an actor who can do a lot of stuff. But this this was boring. <laughs> it's just super boring.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and and again, it doesn't also it doesn't do this movie much good after because I watched it after I saw Joe Dorowski and after I'd seen the new Dune. So this movie was in trouble already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I watched this before the new Dune. Uh, and it's so weird, though, because, I mean, what Star Wars has on this, uh, even the Villanovas movie, that Dune doesn't have. It's just Luke Skywalker is a way more memorable name. Uh, <laughs> Han Solo. I mean, you can instantly separate these characters. Right. You know, it's, the names are a little much. And it's from the book. It's nobody's fault. But they're hard to. It takes a while. of With. At least with Villanos, you just kind of stay with it. You just kind of, just you don't. You're kind of confused early on, but you just just keep going, and it's all gonna come together. And that's what's amazing about what he does. And this, it's just like, what? Who's you know? <laughs>
1: When you have to put this on your poster to get it to the side, I'm going to read it out. This, this is entirely, for those who can't see us on YouTube right now, this is actually entirely in this poster. It's like an entire Star Wars crawl on a poster. It is a world where sandworms, thousand feet long, guard creation's greatest treasure the spice that prolongs life and enables the mind to fold space and slow time where a prophecy will be fulfilled and a young leader with incredible powers will emerge to command an army of 5 million warriors in the final battle for control of a universe and its source of ultimate power, the planet called Dune. Who is standing in front of a poster long enough to read that?
0: (laughs) It reminds me of the voiceover before (laughs) Masters of the Universe when we were kids. That's how it reads to me
1: so childish, right?
0: Yeah, and I mean, this might as well be Coleman Globus level bad. (laughs) And in some ways, it's worse than that because they would
1: have made it fun at least. (laughs) Hopefully.
0: I don't know. I just I knew because I saw it way back when I wanted to go through the David Lynch kick and I was just like, he kind of disowned this movie, so it, it, it didn't bother me. But I didn't get it then. I yeah. didn't get it now. Uh, and it's amazing that this even is the same universe. As what didn't
2: even <laughs> did.
1: Or even the just the idea that Jodorowsky had. is like <laughs> as convoluted as his thing was going to be and as weird as it was going to be, it's still in my imagination better than this.
0: Oh, for sure. I just... <laughs> I I just have a hard time believing anything like it, it deserves to be up there not this but the story of dune deserves to be up there with star wars and probably surpass it uh because it is more of a classic science fiction story from the 60s or whatever and it, it just lucas dumbed it down enough and it, and I
1: at, at some point you can stop punching Star Wars. At some point.
0: <laughs> but it's not really I mean that's a good thing. I mean he found the flaws in doing it and found a way to make it watchable for people and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh I just I think it's pretty impressive what Denis Villeneuve did making that complicated world and story watchable. Uh I I just think it's amazing. Yeah and that's what i really i mean i know i'm punching at star wars i'm definitely punching up (laughs) but dune is such a i don't know i i think it deserves to be in the epics like lord of the rings and star wars and i prefer it to those movies personally (laughs) uh anything else on Dune before we head to flick chart
1: don't waste your time on this just watch Villeneuve's Dune we've got an actual Dune now you know, you don't need, or just imagine what Jodorowsky was going to do yeah. Th- that's even better that's far better than this
0: <laughs> yeah and I mean I would I'm not going to do it but I, I think it would be very cool if Villeneuve's able to get people to go back and read the book and bring some nostalgia and some history to that movie and I don't know make me hate it (laughs) (laughs) because i just want him to be successful i mean i felt the same way i mean i was younger but peter jackson was one of those guys that i was like this guy is amazing and he goes off and does lord of the rings and he he then became more i mean lord of the rings is impressive especially at the time It's way more boring
1: he really can't seem to do anything else though. Now, like that's, anything he else he does, it's just it's just everything is the everything comes back to Lord of the Rings. It's like a director who's become typecast.
0: Well, that's what I'm worried about with Villanova. As much as, as great as Dune is, and as great as Blade Runner is, he, he's gone deep down that path, uh, and I he
1: can never make another enemy.
0: He definitely won't make another enemy, but I, I'll, I'll settle for an arrival. <laughs> <laughs> or come back to the middle somewhere uh, we talked about the highlight of the week Nicole Kidman <laughs> in the mirror uh, let's go pull up some flick chart real quick wherever that is at here we go okay I don't Let's move this over here and we've got before sunrise our Marnie
1: before Sunrise
0: The Double Resident Evil
1: I've never that's a Resident Evil animated movie I've never seen that actually I don't think I've seen the double actually either I started it once oh, I haven't seen it didn't one. finish
0: it Billy Elliot Go
1: I, I think Billy Elliot's incredible but I will watch Go tomorrow
0: <laughs> Yeah so if I
1: had a choice I'd watch Go
0: I think I'll, I'm with you on that. The Tenant Sucker Punch, 1976, The Tenant.
1: Never seen The Tenant. Looks intriguing, though. Yeah. Cool poster.
0: Eyes wide shut, Sucker Punch.
1: <laughs> Eyes wide shut.
0: I think that's what I want Villeneuve. I want Villeneuve to be Kubrick so bad. Oh, uh, yeah. It's bumming me out that he's like, Uh, He's better than Nolan, but he's going down that path, and he's getting deep down that road. I don't know how you come back from it. (laughs) Uh, Romeo Must Die, The Nice Guys.
1: The Nice Guys. I love that movie. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: 10 Cloverfield Lane, Grumpy Old Men.
1: 10 Cloverfield Lane. I love Grumpy Old Men, though. It's a funny movie.
0: No Country for Old Men.
1: Never heard of that other one. Me either.
0: No Country for Old Men, the Karate Kid.
1: No Country for Old Men.
0: Yeah, and I love the I love that Javier Bardem and Josh Brolin are in Dune. <laughs> I I kept thinking about No Country for Old Men a lot throughout that movie. I don't know why, other than just they're in it. Mm. They in it's
1: it? a nice thought though. Yeah.
0: They're in it together briefly, aren't they? Or not really. I can't I think early on. Anyway, forget it. Spice World, Beverly the Hills Ninja. <laughs>
1: yes yes they are Uh, Beverly Hills Ninja sure (laughs) they're both terrible but you gotta pick one
0: To Live and Die in LA Blade Runner Blade Runner yeah although I do like To Live and Die in LA I don't remember you being that big of a fan if I remember right Spy Kids 2 Office Space
1: Office Space
0: absolutely Committed American Werewolf in London
1: I don't really like either of those movies. You have a preference?
0: American Werewolf in London. I lean a little bit. I I want to rewatch it to see if my opinion will change. Uh, you don't mess with the Zohan. Scary Movie Three.
1: They're both like unwatchably bad. Would Scary Movie Three? Yeah, probably. <laughs>
0: we've had to throw 84 dune in there i mean i think it's close to two and a half hours uh the fighter orange county
1: the fighter a soft spot for orange county though
0: yeah absolutely team america world police final fantasy the spirits within
1: team america wins by default
0: I feel like every time it wins, it wins by
1: default. <laughs> Pretty much.
0: Gosford Park, Mission to Mars,
1: Gosford Park,
0: Children of Men, Hidalgo,
1: Children of Men,
0: Agreed, Planet of the Apes, Copland,
1: Planet of the Apes. I know it's a better movie.
0: <laughs> I have a soft spot for Copland. <laughs> even after watching it
1: again
0: yeah i mean here's the thing like instantly like I, all i wanted was goodfellas or something like i wanted to to win the oscar i wanted to be one of the best movies ever made and instantly i knew it wasn't <laughs> I, it wasn't even heat right but there's still part of me that's like this is, there's some good in this not much uh, you know it's not a bad movie but planet of the apes is better i but i it's just i i forever want to defend it because it's not i don't know it's like right there but it's just the storylines too weak to ever be good (laughs) yeah spider-man homecoming the dream team
1: spider-man homecoming yeah
0: jackie chan's project a2 the kid
1: never seen the jackie chan one (laughs)
0: Dangerous Minds, the
1: kid. Dangerous Minds, the kid is really boring.
0: Is that the Bruce Willis movie? Yeah, saw it in the theaters. That was a movie called The Duxerist? I guess. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. Joe versus <laughs> the volcano.
1: <laughs> I really love Joe versus the. Oh, yeah. I love that room so I much. Know. I know you don't like it, but I I would watch that tomorrow where I was I would have to really think about watching the good, the bad, and the ugly.
0: No, I I really like watching the good, the bad, and the ugly, so we can flip it. That's fair. Yeah. Wow. You won? No. Want? I thought maybe God would be good to me on this one, but then I'm like, oh yeah, you don't exist. <laughs> 27 dresses, the Godfather part two.
1: It's Godfather part two, but I, I do love 27 dresses a lot. I would pick it over a lot of movies.
0: Probably these two. Uh,
1: <laughs> Both of these two. Yes. <laughs> the
0: bucket list, but, Billy Elliot.
1: On the bright side. I get to, bu- I get to uh, make up for not picking Billy Elliot before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The bucket list is unwatchable.
0: Uh, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. I still know what you did last summer.
1: Yeah, this is uh, Flickchart is really fucking with us because uh, <laughs> I can't possibly pick. I, I still know what you did last summer, even as much as I hate the Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean the reason it's still
1: I, a better made movie.
0: The reason I hate it is because of the effectiveness of it.
1: Yeah. Oh
0: wow. Uh, Ar- Jesus
1: Christ I'm
0: letting you decide Armageddon or Three Amigos
1: <laughs> Oh it's Three Amigos I still hate Armageddon beyond anything
0: uh, They definitely are off coin flip for me so I'll go with you Poltergeist, The Indian in the Cupboard
1: Poltergeist uh,
0: Never
1: heard of a Tahan.
0: Uh, for you, I die, Dick Tracy.
1: Never heard of for For you, I die. Looks intriguing though.
0: Walking tall, Dick Tracy.
1: I don't know which way you want to go. Dick Tracy's you know, kind of hard to watch.
0: Yeah, The Rock's better to watch than
1: Dustin Yeah. Batman.
0: Lost Highway, <laughs> Zombieland, Double Tap, Last
1: Lost month. Highway, Buy a Lot, and that's a bad movie. <laughs> Oh, and David Lynch's ass head completely up his ass is still better than that fucking piece of shit.